Friday, May 26th. Let's play Hurdle. Today's song is Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. My goodness, I don't even know where to start. Oh, this is one of those songs that I just know a bunch of little random things with. I wish I could like get my thoughts together for a few minutes. I'm kind of going all over the place. Okay, so I remember this song. Yeah, there's so much to talk about with this song. 2003. It's weird to think about music in those days because that's when like the iPod came out. So this song went multi-platinum, sold millions of, of records, like sold CDs. At the same time, started selling the 99 cent and $1.29 downloads where you could buy it when people started getting iPods. And now it's in the streaming world and it's in the billions club also. So, I mean, that's some, those are three insane feats to accomplish. Uh, the name Seven Nation Army was a take on, he thought, the Salvation Army. He thought that's what it was when he was little. So when he heard someone talking about the Salvation Army, he thought they said Seven Nation Army. And he thought that was amazing to have a seven nation army, like seven different groups together to, to form one giant army. Such a funny little boy thing to think of, you know? So that's where the, he always thought that was a cool title. It's not written on bass. It's not even, it's not played on bass. They did not have a bass player in the white stripes. So a lot of people think it's a bass line, but it's actually a guitar part. And it was written with a Digitech whammy pedal, which I've, I've got one around here somewhere. I bought a Digitech Whammy pedal because Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine does fascinating things with a Digitech. It basically, you can choose a fifth above, an octave above, octave below, two octaves below. You can set all these different things. And then there's a pedal that will shift it as you do it. So in this one, or you could just keep the pedal down and it'll just shift it down an octave or a fifth or a third or whatever you chose. So this is just a guitar shifted down an octave and played like a bass. I use it in the Let's Play Hurdle theme. If you listen to the audio podcast on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts, the ending theme, if you wait till I'm all the way done talking and then tell you where you can play hurdle at the very end. It's the same thing at the end of every episode. You'll hear this, these notes that go. That's me hitting a guitar chord and then shifting up um, after I've done it. I like messing with what the, the, the whammy, the Digitech whammy pedal, because you can get some really weird stuff because you can go in between notes and like barely mess with the pedal. And it kind of freaks out. It's trying to shift to the note, but you're like not letting it get there. And it does all these crazy things. Anyway, back to Jack White and the White Stripes. This, he, he, wrote, he famously wrote this album and said no computers were made in the making of this whatsoever. So they did it 100% analog, all on tape, and did it very, just the old school way, which is fantastic. And I love it. We're kind of kindred spirits in that way. It's expensive and hard to do. It's hard to even find like good, like two inch tape and a place to do it. He did it in an old, famous um, studio in London. I'm trying to think. The song's about gossip 
He was tired of the gossip of people thinking him and Meg were brother, sister, husband, wife, divorced, and just who they were dating and what they were. And he just wrote this song about gossip and his response to gossip. Uh, won a Grammy. Did I already say that? It was nominated for a couple more, but it won something like alternative record or alternative single. Something I don't remember. Something with alternative in the title. You've got to watch the movie. It might get loud. Even if you're not a fan of one of these three bands, and even if you're not like a music nerd, it's amazing. So it's The Edge from U2, Jack White, and Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. And it's just three guys in a room with guitars, and they just talk music and their own music. And the best part of this, of this documentary happens three different times. And it's when they're talking about their song or a song that meant something to them or it's prompted like the I think the one with Jack White is prompted by the Edge asking about this song asking about Seven Nation Army and then he'll say like hey would you play it for us so you get to watch Jimmy Page play Led Zeppelin parts you get to see the Edge playing famous U2 intros and you get to see Jack White walk him through how he wrote and plays Seven Nation Army and he's doing it it's just three guitar legends just talking about their craft. And it's one of those things where I was like, I needed that to be a TV show because I need 50 more episodes of this. I need, of every other guitar players, let's get bass players and drummers together. Let's, let's do this thing over and over and over. There's a couple crazy things about this song. And there's also a great, great interview. I guess it's a podcast, but I watched the video version it's Jack White on the Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast. And Conan is a huge music guy. He is a guitar player. He collects electric guitars. He is a music nerd, another kindred spirit. If I ever met Conan O'Brien, we could talk guitars for so long. And we would annoy everyone around us. So they talk and have great conversations about this song and how it's elevated now. He told a story where they were at a Dodgers game together and Seven Nation Army comes on the, you know, over the sound system and the whole place is singing it. And Conan made some joke like, you're making so much money. And the joke was, he was like, yeah, the song's not even mine anymore. Like I wrote it, but it's like, it's a part of like folk music now. It's one of those songs like everyone just knows. It's not even mine. And the craziest thing that he said that I never would have thought of as a songwriter, he was like, they're singing the melody. Like, can you imagine writing a song and people aren't even singing the words? The words don't matter. You wrote a riff so good that people are singing the melody of a guitar riff you wrote at soccer games and at baseball games and at football games. And it's everywhere. I think it's fantastic. He also did the thing that it's interesting to me to think about bands like Nirvana and then this song. This song is fantastic. And it, like you said, it's now it's part of like our culture. And it's now it's like a part of sports worldwide, Seven Nation Army. And it's probably the first riff I would teach anyone, including like an eight-year-old, how to play on bass if I was giving you a bass lesson. It's probably the first song I would teach you if an eight-year-old wanted to learn how to play the drums. So it's that simple. Regardless of your age, talent, or experience, I could have you playing this song on bass and drums 
within the day, without question. And it's still awesome. So you don't have to be some Olympian at your instrument. You just got to write something cool. And that's what he did. And then my favorite part about this song, after all that, billion streams, Grammy, multi-platinum, it's played at every sporting event on the planet, and on and on and on. No one liked the song <laughs> when it first came around. He didn't like it. He said that when they were filming in the, they were filming everything they did in the studio. And when they started to work on this song, he was like, we filmed like one minute because we just knew this song's not even going to make the album. It was just this throwaway riff and a really simple drum beat. And it was called Seven Nation Army, which is what he thought the Salvation Army was called. Like it just all was just like, eh. He actually said it kind of felt like it had this like um, ominous spy tone. And he thought, if I ever get the chance to do the song for a James Bond movie, this might be, I might bring this back. He did do one later with Alicia Keys, James Bond theme, but a whole different song, which I really like that song too. Okay, so no one liked this song. When they finished it, the label didn't want it to make it as a single. Yeah, they they had no footage for the documentary about it. And I mean, it's weird to think that you could hear that song and not think it's a hit. Like I can't see it any differently, but I also know that place where you're too close to it and you're just like, eh, it is what it is. Luckily, it got released. I don't remember what single it was, but it was not one of the first two. And then it just exploded. And I mean, the White Stripes were in a different atmosphere after that. It's crazy. So I love the story all the way around of this song. Big Jack White fan. He owns or co-owns a bat store, a bat company, not store, bat company that's here in Dallas and Deep Ellum. War stick. My wife got me one. It's awesome. I don't play baseball, but I have an awesome black bat that's also got some gold in it. It says war stick. It's like if Jack White could design the world's coolest wooden bat, that's what it is. And there's a speakeasy underground underneath it too. And Debellum. Again, dude loves baseball and analog and vinyl. I mean, I we might have like matching birthmarks that like complete each other if we stood next to each other. I don't know. We're both super pale, super pale. He's paler than I am, but I think he plays up his paleness and I'm trying to not be so pale. <laughs> Either way, we probably just have a history of skin cancer. That's all it is. Jack, love you. You're the, you're the best. I could talk about Jack White all day long. And so I think I'm out of things to say about this one. I hope we get another one. There's some more white stripes and then even his solo stuff now that we got to talk about. All right. See y'all tomorrow. You can play Hurdle every day at letsplayhurdle.com. And you can watch us here live on Instagram at Let's Play Hurdle.